1: you're tired of spending money on trail cameras you use as tools only to find out they're built like freaking toys or you've struggled with unreliable not so dependable cameras or experienced customer service that flat out disappointed you i've been there those problems literally birthed exodus eight years ago when they shipped their first camera exodus had a clear desire to not only build elite products that enabled you to set it and forget it all season long but also to back them like no other company was willing to with an unmatched level of customer service and support. See for yourself why Exodus has over 15,000 satisfied customers. They've quickly become known for their five-year no BS warranty, quality cameras, and best in class customer service. You heard that right. Exodus believes in their products so much, every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty that includes theft and accidental damage coverage. Each camera is checked for quality control standards before it leaves the warehouse. They wouldn't use it, you don't get it. Exodus is so confident to love your new Exodus camera. They're offering you, the listener of this show, 15% off your next order today. Just use code BTE. If you don't love it, get your money refunded in the first 30 days and just send her back. Exodus really has two excellent cell cam options for uh, all budgets, and they start at just $179 plus you're 15% off there, you use the code BTE. They have competitive data plans that allows you to purchase a plan and use the data as you see fit. They want you to be in control. There's no annual commitment and no limit on how many cameras you can run on one plan. You can share cameras with friends, no charge, which makes the X's lineup a great option for hunting clubs and leases. There are no additional fees for HD photo requests. That's pretty nice. No additional fees for video uploads and all cameras share data on a single data plan for easy management. See for yourself why so many have made the switch to Exodus and experienced the Exodus difference. Use code BTE to get 15% off your next order today. Now let's talk about Osseo gear. It's a great option for whitetail hunters. They develop a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing on the market in quality. Plus, you got a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from OSIO, which is pretty nice. They have a super unique camo pattern and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand. So visit ASIOgear.com get you some premium hunting clothing. Got to talk to you about Stealth Outdoors, makers of Stealth Strips. Stealth strips really are a, a product that any hunter, whether you're a weekend warrior or a guy that hunts almost every day, really needs to take advantage of. The stuff absolutely deadens your, your gear uh, to make it essentially uh, noise-free. If you haven't checked out stealth strips yet, stop buying all the other crappy alternatives like the hockey tape and any other stuff you're trying to use to silence your gear. Get the good stuff. Get stealth trips, visit StealthOutdoors.com, pick you up from Stealth Scripts. All my partners are linked in the description below. Go check them out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. <laughs> we got Patrick Rose on tonight.
0: Big Patrick, star here.
1: <laughs> Patrick, a, uh, you've been on a couple times now, a few times. Yeah. Patrick used to be like when we first started, you were just, you were, uh, you called in all the time.
0: Yeah. Nice and stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, then I made, a, then I made a friend. Yeah. Yeah. We went to, uh, Illinois hunting together and yeah, been, uh, buddies ever since. So yeah. Good times. Oh yeah.
0: All the viewers missed out. Y'all should have given them a call. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I need to, I guess we could do call-ins again sometime. It's just, man, you never know what you're going to get. It always kind of worries me.
0: Yeah, the questions are probably easier to go through anyway. And
1: well, and that kind of like, knows. like not. It's not the not. I don't. I don't mean the never know what you're going to get with people. It's more the serve. You know, people have bad service, mm-hmm. or, or um, just whatever. So then it's kind of like a dull moment in the show whenever you're trying to people are trying to get on and all that. Um, yeah, but um, anyway, I thought Patrick. I asked him if he just hop on here just so we had more than just my opinion on things, on questions and whatnot. Patrick I'm the, Ian, the South. Third,
0: third stringer. Third <laughs> stringer.
1: <laughs> no, you're, you're first string, dude. I, I didn't have anybody lined up.
0: Oh, yeah, well, there thinking, you go.
1: Uh, t- uh, Troy Pottinger was going to be on, but we had to push his back. Uh But that's all right. Here I am. You're, you're a close second to Troy Pottinger.
0: Cool, cool. <laughs> I'll take that.
1: Uh Anyway um before we start though everybody there is um i'm gonna do a giveaway next week and i talked about it about a week ago on or a week ago about a month ago on the on the show and it's gonna entail a grizzly uh bear grizzly recurve bow um a osseo tree stand pack and then um razor broadheads and dave actually brought whoever gets the razor broadheads hat and t-shirt too for the Ooh. giveaway um and i think that's it but just it's going to go, to go to a subscriber so if you're subscribed to the channel you're entered so make sure you you're, you're subscribe the channel if you want to win that so the bow you know that's a it's a used bow and all that it's not a brand new one from bear archer or anything but um your fire alarm still not working patrick
0: yeah, you heard it again <laughs>
1: Me and Patrick yeah. uh, Marco each other. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but like, well, Andy Mays Marco me right now. But it's like a, uh, um, it's an app or I don't know how you, it's like a FaceTime app, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's cool as heck. You, you yeah. showed it to me and like, I tried to get other people on it, but I think they're scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, and the, past,
1: <laughs> the past like month, every time I've talked to, which is almost every day with Patrick, he's had that beeping in the background.
0: <laughs> right. yeah, I'll get but to it. it.
1: It's it's direct wired, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. It's weird. Uh, if anybody knows, put it in the comments. Say, like, may, may what the do problem. I do with that? Yeah, what do I do with that? Because the only ones I'm familiar with are the ones that you you know put batteries in the back of, and they start beeping when they're about dead. But it's been going yeah. on for a while.
1: Yeah, that's super annoying. Usually, you just pop the 9-volt battery out and put a new one in, and you're beeping anyway. Yeah.
0: I don't even hear it anymore until you draw it to my attention. Now.
1: <laughs> well, you well. It was yesterday, I think, or maybe the day before yesterday. We were talking, mm-hmm. and you were like sitting on the couch, and you're like, "I gotta do, a, I gotta go to Home Depot or wherever you're gonna go to look at time. Honeydews.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And I'm like, well, while you're there, you ought to get a nine volt battery for your your uh your oh, whatever they called the the fire not the fire alarm detector.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, man, got I got a I got a honeydew list this long. It's my yeah. slow season, so she's on me to do it, and it won't be my slow season in about two weeks. So,
1: yeah. gotta um, get going. Turkey season's right around the corner. Yeah, and that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah, you got to mow grass too. Yeah. That right? yeah, that's <laughs> something we could talk about a little bit. Is um, Patrick used to be a police officer in Memphis, and mm-hmm. then, um, probably for many reasons other than just deer hunting, but you you end up starting your own lawn care business.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Good decision, too.
1: Yeah. Was, was, uh, and that's something I, I think it'd be good to get a few guys on here. Like, um, my buddy Paul Pachura, he, he has a, he builds boat docks in the summertime mm-hmm. for a living and then he gets all deer season off. You mow grass in the summertime for a living and you get all deer season off. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to like talk to guys that have jobs that allow them to deer hunt a lot. And like, what are mm-hmm. the jobs? How do you, you know, I,
0: I thought about doing a, like a video for my channel about that because, you know, I'm sure there's guys out there who aren't really happy in their job and they don't have enough time with the family and if they have one or they don't have enough time to hunt. And, uh, there's, there's jobs out there you can take or try if you just jump out that probably seem intimidating, like, like starting a landscaping company that if you just do what you say you're going to do, you'll have plenty of work. And then in the winter time, you just, just slow it down and you still make, really good money
1: you know yeah that's what that is one thing i would enjoy doing is mowing grass for a living like i like to mow my grass and and whatnot i wouldn't mind it i know i know after doing it for all summer it gets uh old but
0: about august about august when it's hot is when i get to where i'm like oh god i got this is cut number 18 on this same yard i got (laughs) you know i got six more to go six more to go and we're we're hunting we're deer season
1: yeah um But anyways, if I ever started a little hide another uh, side hustle, that's that's something I wouldn't mind doing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've talked about it several times.
1: Yeah, I just don't have a. I'd have to buy a mower and a trailer, but I got everything else. I got a couple weed eaters and blower and all that.
0: Cheapest thing you can get into. I mean, you could get into that probably for under two hundred dollars a month at zero interest on this on these mowers and stuff. It's super cheap to buy your equipment. You know, no interest is awesome.
1: It just seems like around here, the only thing I'd be worried about. I need to talk to some people, but there seems like a lot. There's a lot of guys that are doing that now.
0: But. Man, I see them all over the place. But when you're good, I I saw one of my customers today that I had to I let go last year just because it wasn't a profitable profitable yard, and it, um, it was one I took when I was first starting. So was, every two weeks, I don't do those anymore. And she was begging me to come cut her yard because everybody she's found is so terrible, and I was like, really. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I mean, I, I just show up. I show up on time, and I try to leave their yard good, and that's really all you got to do. If you'll do that, because most people that do this stuff, I guess they just don't honor the same time of the week, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a sure. son. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and you got some guys that cut with you too, right?
0: Yeah, I usually keep one guy during the, during the summer months, a kid, you know, that cuts, and they do really good work too, so – Yep. Then Sawyer, you know, he left me, he was on your video. You did for, oh,
1: yeah. Sawyer's the guy that we gave the uh, boat to. Yeah. Um,
0: My right hand man, he, he left me. <laughs> he divorced yeah. me. He divorced <laughs> me last year.
1: <laughs> so down I in, uh,
0: had to find a new down,
1: Is he still down there on that boat?
0: No, he's on, I think he just started another boat today. The kid that was over here before I got on with you, he's, yeah. he's like their, uh like almost like a brother to him. He's just younger than both of those boys. And, uh, yeah, he he just telling me he started a new job on a boat. So,
1: hmm. but he's still on a boat, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's on another one now. He needs to start he needs to start a fishing, working for a fishing boat, and then he'd have all deer season off. There you go. Those guys, those guys hunt hard too.
1: Yeah, I don't know anything about that kind of thing.
0: Mm-mm.
1: I don't think there's any uh, professional fisherman like that kind of fisherman in Indiana. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-mm. yeah you, might, you never know crappie guys and stuff we got a bunch of them around here and they they charge good money that's all yeah. they do no
1: i mean isn't uh when you say fishing, like isn't isn't he like on a commercial one where he would
0: uh um like one i'm talking about be like a charter like if you and i want to go like uh deep sea or inshore oh, fishing or something. okay i had in nope. my
1: mind he was doing like commercial fishing for like mm-hmm. you know, oh area. like
0: a what's that show that used to be on that was in alaska deadliest catch
1: yeah <laughs> i saw i saw sawyer in like a one of them yellow jumpsuits out there like fighting waves and
0: yeah yeah getting bloody and stuff from stuff hitting him in the face fish coming up yeah
1: uh, <laughs> yeah well and said he's, he's uh taking city slickers uh deep sea fishing huh
0: yeah yeah that'd be great if he, he's not doing that right now i think he some of these boats the last one he's was on almost a chicken farmer from georgia really? but yeah and he lived on the boat yes yeah, uh, he was there for a while he he didn't like that too much because there was no escape you know
1: yeah i imagine but, not
0: yeah a chicken yeah.
1: farmer from georgia like a yeah, guy had, that owned a boat and lived on it or
0: yeah he had a 180 foot yacht and so oh, he had a whole crew and they all lived on the boat 24 7 and you know their days off they would of course be um, docked and they can do whatever they want, but heck, he was in Rhode Island for like three months, so he didn't even make it. Uh, he was just a deckhand because he's starting out, so he was just cleaning the deck, making sure everything was working and all that stuff. And I think he they were teaching him how to dive, so if they got hung up on something or something happened with us, I mean, I was like, this is crazy something happened to, say, the anchor or something, he was the guy that had to dive down and see what was going on and fix it. I'm like, no, 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 not me, not me, buddy. Andy gets seasick, so you you explain that to me. <laughs> yeah, well, he better get over that. Yeah. If that's definitely. what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, man. Uh, What else? Something else I was going to mention. I, I, put a new, I put a different lens on the camera tonight just to see if it looked better, and it, it does, I think don't you guys agree yeah. that? um not that the other one looked bad but this one looks real super clear almost too clear to, to be honest with you yeah went, uh, went scouting today wrong with I got a briar to the face it looks like i didn't notice that until just now
0: man you know, i can't no. even see it oh i see it now yep right
1: there went and picked up a couple of sd cards out of some cameras and refreshed batteries and kept her going it was a a spot that I scouted in the spring last year and then threw some cameras in March and just let them soak all year. Never did hunt them. And I was pleasantly surprised. There's some really good deer that um, came through there. Uh, I mean, it's not surprised, surprise, but like from October 20th till about November 10th, I probably had four or five shooters in daylight come through there.
0: Dang, that's good.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then actually on October 1st, at like three p.m., there was two shooters on that camera. So they really? were together.
0: Yeah. No, no people on it. You didn't have nope. anybody walk by? Not
1: a single person.
0: Man, that's awesome. Any have, y- have y'all started to drop antlers up there yet? You seen any? Did you see any antlers yeah, when you? So to those,
1: when I went to those uh, pictures, there was a, a buck that had dropped. Um, But I think that's you know I think the majority of them are still holding here.
0: Yeah. We had one on John's place that dropped like three weeks ago, which is really early for us. But I guess the stress of that ice and stuff that came down your snow, maybe that's why he dropped kind of early. But he looked like an older deer, too. He had big, you know, the discs on his head were pretty big where he dropped his antlers. So,
1: Yeah, we, uh, yeah, I mean, typically middle of February and then um, they'll start really dropping. And then by, by March, you know, you got most of them are off. Um, you'll have a few scragglers holding on. But most of them are, I got a picture of a little, uh, like a little six pointer one time, uh, the first week of April that still had antlers on its head.
0: Yeah. I've, I've, the latest I've seen them is the end of April here really? and it was a mature buck. Yep. I've seen them breeding. I've seen them breeding with no antlers. I had a buck, well, not breeding, but a buck chasing a doe with no, when he's already dropped his antlers. I saw that it was a long time. When I was a kid, I was with my dad and, uh, we were turkey scouting. So it was like, I think it was the end of March or beginning, middle of March and man, they come running by and there you come. No antlers. I I never forget that. It was crazy. That's kind of weird, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Usually our deer, like I don't start looking for sheds until probably second week of March. You can start the first week and you'll start finding them. But that second week they really used to, you really used to find them really good. Yeah.
1: You guys have tough shed hunting down there though, don't you?
0: Yeah. Everything's so thick. You can't hardly find them. The place I did, they had a bunch of food plots, and you'd find them laying all out in that clover, just like, boom, here they are. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. But dude, I saw I saw a video um, yesterday. I was just thumbing through Facebook or something, and there was a video of Lee Lakoski and his uh, he had a big. I can't remember. We call him Towers, or you know, they always have names for their deer. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he was in the, he was in the food plot, and it was Lee and his little boy was in there. And that, he, that was his shooter buck he was trying to go after, uh, from what I saw or what I gathered from the short that I was watching. But uh, he was sitting there feeding, and Lee was, I mean, he's going to shoot him uh, if it came in with his bow. And that deer dropped one side in the food plot in front of him.
0: Wow, how lucky. Yeah.
1: And you should have saw that buck working to get the other side off. Like that deer, as soon as that other one dropped, that deer started just, I mean, he was freaking out trying to get that. Really? side
0: off yeah did he get it off or did he just say I, it was a I short run out. Um, okay okay
1: yeah he was shaking it he was hitting it on the ground all kinds of crazy stuff
0: i i had one um i follow spartan cameras on facebook and the, yeah. their page came up and you know they just put videos up that people submit and there was a deer on there he walked right in front of the camera and just shook his head like that and both sides of his rack flew off and then he there took off there. running and bucking like you know, he was been, been shot or something, you know, like yeah, it, it really breaks him out. Video. Yeah. Freaked him <laughs> out.
1: But yeah, this deer, I mean, it looked like for a long time, it like was out in that food plot and it was like shaking its head back and forth and then it started like rubbing the ground, trying yeah. to get them off, get the other one yeah. off. Wow. Wow. I, I've heard them do, I've, I've heard people say they, they do that, you know, but mm-hmm. never, like seen a video of it and man, he was, he was adamant about getting the other side off right there.
0: Have you ever found a set, like a matching set, before? Oh, yeah. You know, they're usually not real far apart. So, they no. work, like you're saying, they work to get them off. I found a couple like that, and you find yeah. them pretty close.
1: I mean, I found them. I found a set in uh, Kansas this year that was, like, laying just perfectly. Like, someone laid them right there together. So lucky. Um, you
0: found, were they eating up, or were they still in pretty good shape?
1: No, they were in good shape. Hmm. It was like, it was in a, I think it was in his bed. I mean, he was sitting there and it, he had to have been laying down and they fell off. Cause they just like, just perfect.
0: Hope you popped a pin right there.
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, it was so perfect that people thought it was fake. They mentioned it on the video. Like, oh, you put them there. I'm like, no, that, that's how I found them. I found them in the dark walking in.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. Were they good? Were they? Was it a good set? Oh yeah.
1: It was like a 165, 170, the giant.
0: Yeah. You see everything. I know you're the one that finds everything when you're walking it, yeah, through the Yeah, it's
1: wood. Kansas. I mean, it was in Kansas, but, um, it was a. I don't know if I can find it on my Facebook. I can't remember if put it was on Instagram or where I put it at. Um, it was a big, big set. It's like a big mule deer looking thing. Like he had big old split G2s on him.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. That's where you got like you, you got the new thing now you got you know you got dog, tracking dogs then you have the drones then you have Josh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Uh, I'm looking to yeah, see so, if I got it down here.
0: Yeah.
1: Nah, well, just trust me. It's a big, great, big set. Um, I can't find the picture handy, but. um Anyways, everybody, if you guys have questions for us, leave them in the comments. Me and Patrick will eventually, once we start, stop talking, we'll start answering questions.
0: Uh, bit, we'll talk about deer hunting. We'll talk about deer hunting. we
1: talking about deer hunting. Um, one thing I wanted, I wanted to talk to people about, one of the guys that I really want to get on here, um, I, I want to just mention him because I think I think people will just get excited about maybe having him on this, this spring, is your buddy John. Mm-hmm. and he's one of those guys that uh you know you, you always talk about like there's probably like some great deer hunters or some of the best deer hunters in the world probably people you never heard of and you kind of describe john in that manner um
0: it's ridiculous yeah it's ridiculous how how, how crazy good he is
1: <laughs> yeah uh and I, i've talked to him just a very not not a lot but a little bit and. uh I think we're going to try to get him on this. Uh,
0: and when it comes to turkeys, like, I mean, they don't stand a chance. And I mean yeah. it like on my like, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. He just knows them. Uh, his dad, his dad, who's passed, used to say that uh, he uh, he's in the wrong profession. He should have been a sniper for the yeah. U.S. government, as good yeah. of a killer. As he is. He's just <laughs> a turkeys is all another level with him. He's so good.
1: Yeah, he seems like he's very. Uh obsessive about it too like he gets very di- dialed in whenever he wants to be
0: oh yeah yeah he's got he gets laser focused when it's on something like that you yeah. know how but, many
1: deer like i you know I, I know he he helps a lot of people right like he he even like manages properties for people
0: uh-huh yeah right? he, does.
1: he you know helps people kill deer on their properties
0: or whatever yeah you wanna say. yeah, uh, yeah. He, he puts a lot he probably puts more people on turkeys now because he's getting older um when he was younger you know he killed 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 but he still got but the older he gets he likes to take people that are kind of inexperienced and um show them how to do it and uh yeah. you know, he's good to watch you'll never learn enough or you know just hunting with him but um You learn a lot. I mean, you learn a lot, but you just, man, if I could shadow him deer hunting, man, I would, I'm like, dude, he's like a brother to me. And I'm like, when are you going to, we never deer hunted together like me and him. We've turkey hunted a million times. Never deer hunt together. I want to deer hunt with him because I want to just, like, pass pass that knowledge on.
1: It's so intriguing to, like, people, like, I mean, how many, I mean, how many deer do you think he's killed in his life?
0: I oh, mean, he's probably killed thousands, but like mature bucks, man, I really don't know. I would, I mean, if I had to guess on how many mature, when I say mature, I mean four, four yeah, years. Right. Or right. I mean, I mean, I don't even know. I mean,
1: how many kill this year?
0: Man, dude, I don't even know. He don't tell me half of what he shoots. He's real yeah. weird about some stuff. So I don't, I don't ever know. I know he killed a couple of good ones. Um, they were older but i mean if i had to guess how many mature deer he killed he's probably killed over 150 probably mature deer 100 yeah that's i mean i i might be low i might be a little over, but i mean we're talking just all really in this area he doesn't go midwest he doesn't take trips you know that's just you know tennessee mississippi arkansas uh, in his lifetime i mean he's like pushing 60 so he's and he's in good shape so i mean you've met him he's like in really good shape so he's not like an old sick you know almost 60s he looks like he's in his 40s but yeah, he go, yeah. goes 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 you know
1: oh he like i think one thing he has so these these properties that he uh helps people manage i think he doesn't he like he'll he'll be the one that takes out like the management bucks too right like the
0: yeah 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 he gets to do that and then you know sometimes he'll he likes to get those undesirables off there so something bigger will come onto the property yeah but uh, he does a lot of watching you know one thing i learned from him is he watches deer a lot lot more than he hunts uh, from a distance. Um, he'll just, you know, pull into a field or whatever. And if there's a deer using it, he'll watch it for maybe weeks, you know, before he actually goes in and make the kill. Yeah, uh, He's very patient and meticulous when he goes in to kill him. You know, I'd have already blown it like day two. I'd be like, oh, he's coming out there, going after I, him, you know. Yeah.
1: I think that's something that I think the vast majority of us, I was talking, I was talking about this in a video the other day that I did. Like, um, I don't I think 90, 90 and I think you'll agree with me, Patrick, but I think ninety-nine percent of deer hunters, including probably me and you, we have no idea what we're doing most of the time. Like yeah. I think there's just like maybe a handful, you know, there's more than a handful, but you know, there's very few deer hunters that are like John or
0: mm-hmm. Dan. Dan or Johnny
1: or May, Stewart. Johnny Stewart that just mm-hmm. like when they have they yeah yeah the rest of us just like we fumble around the woods we think we have an idea and then we get lucky maybe once a yeah. year you
0: know i try to put it all together you know I, the way that i do it and i've I, so for all the viewers i didn't mobile hunt until three years ago so yeah. i'm a baby mobile hunter but i've killed a lot of nice deer by doing how we all do we find the good sign we set a good stand up uh we pay attention to the wind and, and and we go in there and kill them and i've I, the majority of my big deer I've killed with a bow cause it's just what I like to do. But, you know, it's a change when you start mobile hunting cause you're, you're, it's almost like I'm starting all over again. Um, but it's been good. I, yeah. I get on a lot. I get a lot of opportunities. It, I hadn't gotten that, you know, I think Dan asked a question, um, the other day of like, what is your weakness as a hunter? You probably remember it. He posted it on Facebook and I mean, mine would be picking the right tree, I would have to say, and staying on bucks too long. I, those are the two mistakes I make, but I get a lot of opportunities now that I've gone mobile. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean that's that's probably the biggest thing that i've I've changed up, but I agree with you. I think I'm better than the average guy, but I'd like to get on that that level yeah. like those guys we talked about, like, yeah, and I get a lot of time too. so I mean, it's not like a big difference there, but I, I hunt a lot because of my job. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. My, I think my biggest thing is I just need to like, whenever something happens to me, I need to figure out why it happened to me instead of just like moving on or yeah. um, this or that. You know, when I get a picture of a buck on October 1st over a scrape during daylight hours, I got to figure out like, where was he doing there? Why? Where was he bedding? Where did he come from? Where did he go? You know, why wasn't he there October 2nd or 3rd? You know, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm real bad about that, like I just need to, whenever I get a clue, I need to take advantage of it instead of just blowing it off. You know?
0: Do you run your cameras in the same spots year to year to year to year and watch the bucks year to year to year to year?
1: I have been the last several years, yeah.
0: It's made a huge difference for me because what I've noticed is, and you know, you've read articles about same time of year, same day a year from the time they show up and and it is like, I'm not gonna say it's a hundred percent, but it's better than 50% odds. If that deer wasn't harvested the year before that, he's going to show up in front of that camera. I mean, I've got multiple, multiple times where they've shown up at the same time. And I don't know if it's like a cycle. So like let's say it's like 365 days or, or whatever or passes full moon is when they decide to move into their, you know, area they're going to spend the, the rut in. But it, you know, it's within, some of them are the same day. Some of them are within 24 hours and then some of them are within like three or four days. But I have several deer that I found doing that and you'll watch them year to year. And it's, that's been kind of cool to see.
1: Yeah. I had one spot that was very consistent um, with the November 5th. Like there was always a big buck in there on November 5th, but um, the landowner gave another guy permission and he kind of, over hunts that spot now or that area and I haven't I haven't had the that deer or the a, a big buck come in there since then the last couple yeah. of years that hasn't been held true but there was like four years in a row where um there was a nice deer in there on November 5th. I almost shot a 150 in there one year um and then you know the that's whenever I figured it out uh that year. And then I just ran a camera in there the next year and sure enough, same thing. There was a big buck in there that, that same day. Um, Yeah. And then the next year I didn't have a tag, but pulled the camera, same thing. And then, uh, you know, that guy started hunting there. I mean, like he put a big ladder stand up right outside that woods and
0: ruined it right there. Yeah. He just sat there,
1: you know, he sat there, whatever every weekend you know kind of thing so
0: you know when i first started running cameras i would just say okay i'm gonna set them on this great see what's here i'm gonna set them on the edge of this field or on this trail and it's really not till i started really trying kind of just out of a fluke like maybe four years ago and i said you know i'm gonna use my data from my cameras a little bit more to really you know i think a lot of people that hunt they put a camera out Maybe over scrape, but they don't pay attention to it from year to year, what that camera's doing, you know, what the deer are doing. Cause that, those cameras give me so much intel for the, like, I don't use them really. I like them for this season just to see what's there, but I watch them for like the next season. Cause, cause you, you just like, I'm telling you, I think honestly, if you get a deer on picture, it's worth it. If you say shows up, you know, October 15th, I think it's worth it between say the 12th and say the 18th to try to hunt that. According to the wind, every chance you get around the time when he was in there the year before, I think you got a good chance of at least seeing the deer.
1: Yeah. I was going to, I was thinking about this year once I get everything collected for from the 2023 season is going down and like putting into a calendar for 2024, like this, you know, right in the calendar, this year, there's a deer, uh, there's a shooter on this camera in this area that date. And that way I can just like have those notes for me next season.
0: Do you save them in your app? I usually save them in my app and make a, you can make a folder with just that deer. Yeah. I I do that with mine. No,
1: I'm horrible about that crap. I always put them on my computer, but I need to just. Every,
0: every time I get a picture of a certain deer um, at a certain camera, I put that deer into that, into that spot. And um, also I started this year on my Onyx. Um, every time I would get his picture at one of my cameras, I would put a pin there with the picture of a deer and the time, the wind direction and yeah, the time, the date and the wind direction, uh, when he was using that. Um, I I mean, I, I mean, I hadn't, hadn't had a whole lot of success the last couple of years. You know, I've had a lot of success getting on deer, but I haven't, you know, shot one in the last couple of years, you know, that I, I wanted to shoot, but um, yeah, you're also super picky, just so everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm way more picky than I probably need to be. Where yeah. I'm, not. um, yeah, but I don't know, it's just that's how I like to do it. Plus, oh, there's a yeah, lot of pressure, I,
1: yeah. I need to be, yeah, I need to be more, more picky, you know, that's something I got to work on still. Um, but. Yeah, I, cool. I've said put I a dog dare. collar put a dog <laughs> collar
0: on you and shock you every time you start <laughs> to draw on a, I mean, a deer, you,
1: you said you weren't going to do that <laughs>
0: like bluetooth
1: oh it happened to me in Kansas like I was seeing all these giants there you know and then I was like I, I think I even said on the me and me and Dave did a podcast down there and I even said on like man Kansas has really showed me like patience with deer because I you know I could it was easy to pass a a one fifteen down there, because like yeah, you know there was a one forty. I just saw walk across the field, you know, yeah, um, and I saw six of them that day, you know. And that last day, a one a one fifteen came by. I was like, oh,
0: <laughs> didn't, didn't have a chance. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time, wrong hunter. Oh, Need to come by me, and I'd have been like. Oh. I'm going home empty-handed, yeah. And then somebody, everybody would have made fun of me because that's what my friends do. Why aren't you shooting those deer? I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, you can't kill them if they're not there. And I just, no, I don't yeah. know, I think a magic one's going to show up. So yeah. And
1: I killed a couple of real big deer, but it's always just been you know. Yeah. I uh, cool. and I've killed a lot of a lot of deer between like you know that hundred inch to one twenty, like a lot of them. So yeah. Um, and it just depends on your circumstance too. You know, if you're. Uh-huh. you're 120 some places is a really nice deer. Um, yeah. So
0: Well, 120 is not a bad, I mean, there's a lot of people that hunt that just don't have access to the land. And I mean, you're killing these deer on public land too. So, um, I mean, that's not, I mean, you're a good hunter. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I've hunted with you. You're a good hunter. You see the stuff, you just, maybe a little patience. <laughs> yeah. If you really want to do it. But hey, you get more of a kick. dude. Like when you shot that deer with me. Man, just when you called, you were so jacked and pumped, and I'm like, I wish <laughs> I could know, get I like, I, I, I'm like, I wish I could feel that again. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what I got to do, but yeah. you know, maybe shoot one of these deer that are walking by me that are decent. You know, but yeah, no, yeah. oh,
1: well, yeah, it, it it is what it is. Everybody's different. Um, nah, I'm only thirty two. I got plenty of time to kill big deer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Thirty three soon though.
0: Yep, that's grow. You're grown. Then it's time. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> you're grown. You're grown now. It's time. It's time. No, man. Whatever gets you excited, man. You know, I, I, somebody said one time, you only get to feel that feeling so many times in your life. You know that pump and yeah that excitement that you get from a deer, and you know if it makes you excited, I take every advantage of it because as hunters, we don't ever know when it's going to end. You know.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: I had a I had some
1: thoughts this year because like I I have all those all those deer i shot this year i shot three deer this year you know they're just i'll be honest with you they're sitting in a tub in my barn right now like you know i was like i don't and i kind of not 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 that i felt bad but i thought it kind of made me think like do i did i really need to shoot these deer um you know i mean you know, i ate all of them and i had mm-hmm. fun it's like i could have i could have passed them and it's not like i'm not they weren't trophies to me you know or anything and Right? I, I don't know it's a weird thing with me man
0: Well, I think the last (laughs) time I – yeah. Oh, you get worked up. I can't wait to turkey hunt with you this spring. I am so pumped, like, just to see you, like, dude, I can't wait. But – um, because I I do get pretty diggum excited on turkeys now. I mean, I I feel those still – I mean, big bucks get me excited. Uh, old bucks i'll say old bucks i mean it could be a giant six point that's four or five years old and i'll be just as excited to shoot that as 180 inch deer i mean because i just yeah. the age thing really is what gets me going but like with turkeys nah man i mean i dude i'm always worried i'm gonna miss because i mean i've killed a lot of turkeys been hunting for i think this is my 30th season man I probably I could the stories I could tell you about the misses are almost as many as probably my kills I mean, really? get, oh man I get so jacked up it's really yeah I mean I don't know what it is I'm already missed before I take the shot I'm already like All right please God let me keep that. a good shot <laughs> <I've never laughs> and you know it's like a 50 50 man and uh oh, really? I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss one a year oh yeah I'm gonna miss one a year I get my limit
1: like, you run a red dot or anything?
0: Well, I started that red dot this year, and you know you and I were talking about our guns the other day, and same gun you got the same gun, you're putting a red dot I got a red dot on mine and the one thing I'll tell you, and I missed one last year with my um with that gun, and he came up and if anybody he, the turkey hunts in the comments, let me know if you've had this problem if it's super early, the red dot is so bright oh. it blind it blinds you. Like you need so much ambient light around you to kind of dull that red light out, so you're trying to focus on a turkey whose head is like this, and put that dot at the bottom of his neck, the the next red, and you're shooting a red dot. I, I mean, that's my excuse at least. But it was, I noticed it a couple of times when I, you know, when I drew down on a turkey, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna shoot, and I was like, oh, man, I can barely see him. I think, yeah, I guess you know, and just it's hard. I've never. But, met him. Maddie shot her deer or her turkey with the red dot this
1: year, but I've never to be honest with you. I've never shot one like, so I don't know.
0: I hadn't either. I just started with a red dot this last year. I usually shoot just old eight seventy pump with a with the red dot, you know, red pin yeah. on the end of it bead. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I could just take it off too because I I still got my you know, uh, my iron sights on my gun, so.
0: I don't feel like you'll miss. I've got a, me and, me and guns have a, a thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> For whatever reason, I'm not like scared of them or anything, but I don't know what it is, man. Me and guns just have this thing. And so that's why I bow hunt because I don't, I don't even trust myself with a rifle most of the time. <laughs> it's too many deer, oh. man. I'm pretty deadly with a bow, but man, you put a rifle in my hands. I mean, huh. that sucker could be at uh, 50 yards and I, I don't know what to do. Uh, and I don't get excited. I just, I, I can't even explain it.
1: Huh. I don't know. Maybe you should take the uh, Joel Turner course for guns. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, right now it's not a problem because I don't plan on carrying one. But yeah, when uh, whenever I do, well, I do turkey hunting. So
1: put, you like a choke on that. put your modified choke on there and just let them get closer. That way you can
0: just <laughs> yeah. you know I, I thought I had an over under that I was going to hunt with it was like ah I can shoot a modified on the bottom and a yeah. you know a full a extra full on the top yeah I missed him with that too so <laughs> you know <laughs> I was like man screw it I'll just whatever I'm going back to the old 870 I'll carry yeah. that with me
1: uh let's let's uh let's go to the chat here and answer yeah. some questions cuz it's hard telling how many we got uh, piled up here now all right wait outdoors He had a couple, he says, um, how picky are you all about choosing which public land to hunt? How far you can get away from roads or too many roads? What do you think, Patrick?
0: Um, when I'm looking at public land, I'm going to look at two things. Um, I hunt all my public land out of state and I like stuff that nobody's going to go to like really thick stuff. I always hunt thick stuff here and a lot of the Midwest states seem to be a little bit more open from what I've seen. So I think people shy away from the thick stuff. Um, Sometimes I will look right by the roads. Um, And then of course, the deeper you go, the, you know, less people, you know, kind of typically, yeah, typically go in. But, um, and the biggest thing I'd say is be somewhere where there's big bucks. If there's a lot of big bucks in the state and it's one of the Midwest states, um, you know, you're going to have big deer there.
1: Yeah. Um. How picky are, am I with my public land? I'm super picky about it, dude. Like you, like Patrick said, like um, you have to be in the right spot and like uh, the right piece of public that has big bucks. Right. And if you harp on one single piece of public all season and you're not having success there, like, Move on, you know, keep keep jumping around until you find a a big deer, um, or whatever you wanna uh, you know, know people or whatever the case may be. So um I think I I I think I'm pretty picky about about where I hunt and and how I go about it uh, on public land. And if you're not, you can get into that little like uh just um wasting your time if you're not if you're not picky, in my opinion. So I think if if you don't don't like if you don't like where you're at and it doesn't look good, don't waste your time there.
0: Yeah, another thing too, like Dan I think talked about, and it's true is the further you can get away from cities, big cities, uh, typically the less hunted the public land is going to be. Yeah. If you're if you're close to a big metropolitan area, I'd say within an hour and a half to two hours, the closer you get, the worse it's going to be with people.
1: Yeah, typically. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else.
0: Plus, plus, here's something I'm thinking about too. Not to not to cut you off, but um, plus look for places that if you bow hunt or crossbow hunt. Now, and it depends on your state, but like here in Tennessee, we've got a long gun season, so I look for places that are bow only because if they're bow only, and sometimes these places have antler restrictions, you can pretty much guarantee most hunters aren't going to hunt that during gun season when the deer get really stupid and. They're gonna have better deer on
1: it. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, your wage, you or Wade, I'm assuming that's your name, man. Um, as far as roads and stuff, you had like you had the road stuff and, um, I don't know. I mean, it's nice to be able to get away from things, but like Patrick said, if it's there's a if there's a thicket or something in, in a little piece of public, there may be, you know, that may be holding a big buck. So, I mean, I, I don't worry too much about roads now you know if you got a let's say you got a piece of public and you're in illinois and there's there's a uh, e-bike trails everywhere where you can get to every single spot you know that's that's something you may want to note um, mm-hmm. but uh, i don't
0: know to you during the rut like because you know josh the big deer don't really start moving until halloween pretty much anywhere like during daylight at least that's my experience you know really a lot they move like here they move like in the middle of october there's like a four-day window that it seems like every big buck makes a shift but then after that they kind of go away until you start getting closer to the rut so if they uh, you know the place that i hunt in illinois they don't allow e-bikes after the after october so that knocks off a ton of pressure and then those deer and and most people from out of state don't come hunt that until that first week of November because, you know, that's when everybody wants to be in the woods in the Midwest. So that's another thing i look at is if you can use them, do they stop it? Stuff like that. Cause that's probably make it a little bit more attractive to me.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's go on to his next question here. He says when scouting and looking at buck beds, can you determine at what time of year a buck, a buck is bedding there by the hair location on or under the leaves? Hmm. I, I probably wouldn't – I don't know if I would focus too much on the hair. I would more think about, like, think about the reason he may be bedding there. Like, Dan talks about that buck he killed a couple years ago, that great big one on public land. He knew that that deer was in there during early season because of the foliage around where it was bedding at. He knew that if it had to be early season because once the leaves were off these particular trees that that buck was around, that he was exposed and he wouldn't be laying there. So I think that's a better way of determining, like, you know – let's say you find a buck bed and there's a patch of persimmons, like if you're in the South or something or, or white oaks up here, like, okay, that, that could be a really good buck bed for um, early season. If the if food sources are, are close by. Um, but as far as like hair, I mean, I mean, I guess maybe if you, if you found one and then like, Took the leaves off, and there was more hair underneath. That maybe would tell you that that buck is bed in there early season because the leaves fell on top of the hair. But I don't know. I don't. I mean, the hair is nice to know that that's, that there was a deer laying there. But um, I think I would focus more on the terrain and what's available during those particular times of year. I don't know. What do you think, Patrick?
0: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't pay attention to the hair. Just that would confirm that was a, a definitely a bed, but. Uh, yeah. And then I always do like, if you find something you suspect is a buck bed, get down in it and look to see if it's advantageous. Like think about it. if you were getting, if somebody was hunting you all year, you know, trying to kill you would this spot, give you an, an advantage. Cause that's, that's how they think. Um, you know, and then, like, I mean, all this is, you know, from Dan. Dan's the buck bed hunter, so, yeah. you know, that's kind of where I got a lot of this from. Down here in the south, it's hard to hunt beds. You, you saw the train when you were down here yeah. hunting. It, it's they, they can bed anywhere, so I don't pay much attention to, to specific buck beds. I wish I could find one, because if I do, it'd be awesome, but very, very challenging down here.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, that the buck bed hunting, that works really good in marshes and swamps, because you can – Find specific beds most of the time um in hill country you sometimes can but even then you're just you know they can kind of they can kind of circle around on a on a point they can bed Mm -hmm. a lot of places um just like the south where they can bed a lot of places just because of the uh, the cover that's available there so then you're kind of you know i think more you know think about it more like like john eberhart teaches that like find a bedding area not necessarily Mm -hmm. bed you know um and that's you know that's Dan's point also. It just is a different way of thinking about. It. I think sometimes depending on where you're at, like if you're in a marsh in Wisconsin, you can definitely find buck beds, you know, fairly easy there. Easy is a, you know, that's a loose term. It's not easy to find, you know, it's not easy to kill a big deer anywhere. Mm-hmm. But um anyway, I hope that answers your question, man. Uh, one more way to ask one more question: What does a buck search for in late season habitat? Say after the rut.
0: So, go ahead, yeah, I'll I'll take this one first, and then I'll let you. So, if you look, there's a if you go look up from Mississippi State, there's a pretty cool uh, there's a buck that I can't remember the number of him, um, but if you look for it on on for, for them, Dr. Bronson Strickland followed a buck in the state of Mississippi down at the Delta, and it summered in Louisiana they wash it for four years. So it did the same thing every summer in Louisiana went like 20 miles across the river, across the Mississippi river into Mississippi stayed in Mississippi in this one little area during the rut. And then when he left, he went up into this area that they later found out was thick and he didn't move for like two weeks. So they got concerned that he had been killed and that he moved a hundred yards. Um, but they thought a hundred yards. That's Cody's dragging his, you know, carcass or whatever. We need to go get our our, collar around his collar. So they went down there and they ended up jumping the buck. Well, they watched him do it for three more years. So, you know, a lot of times we go, where did all these mature bucks go? Now that the ruts over, like we're not getting pictures or anything. I think they don't go anywhere. Like they literally lay down in a thicket and eat browse a little bit here and there. But I mean, I just, Unless there's really cold weather, I just don't think they really have to move a whole lot.
1: That's yeah. what I
0: think they do. But they look for thick stuff, definitely. Always, you can't go wrong looking in thickets for bucks or stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Sean has kind of a, I think, a similar question. Um, Sean, you may have to reward this if, if we don't answer it right. But he says, how does one figure out after rut area bucks feeding? And do they change right back to normal patterns or slow to get back to it? Um, i i don't think this is my opinion i don't think after deer start getting hunted after like the opening day um i don't think they ever go back to that i just don't think it happens until they have a whole freaking winter and summer of people not chasing them around um i think your best time to kill one is that first couple days or during the rut when they get stupid and then after that you know late season is really good in some areas um especially with areas that get really really cold. You know, I think, Patrick, you probably, you guys probably, your late season probably sucks, right? I mean.
0: Uh, it, it, you know what? It used to be really good in January when you get the cold weather if you have fields um, and low pressure. If you're on a place that has low pressure, I mean, it shows you what deer want to do. Yeah. Uh, but if you're on high pressure, man, I think they just, what I said earlier to the last, uh, to Wade's question, I think they just go and sit in a thicket. Yeah. Where they can see open areas and it's work for them year after year after year, and they just, they just don't move. They literally like disappear and go underground until uh, when you say probably the green up, maybe when it, things start to kind of green up a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. It seems like you start seeing them kind of. I, I I've seen some pretty nice bucks during turkey season, just kind of like being pretty comfortable. It seems like. Again.
0: Yeah, it's like they know man, They're smart.
1: Yeah, but going back to like their normal patterns. I mean, I think they have late season patterns that are different from than early season, just based on their food, you know. Um, and and I say all that, and then I'm going to tell you this, but like during late season, if you can find uh, a place where they're wanting to eat, I like it's a really good time to hunt them. I mean, um, but I am not going to tell you like they're going to go right back to what they were doing on October 1st when season came in, you know. Um, I think I don't I don't think they'll they do that.
0: You can kill a lot of bucks late season, man. When they're on that food, because they go back to their stomach. It's just what you said. Finding, kind of what's got the best cover close to a lot of food. Yeah, and dude, then you'll it's so burn.
1: freaking hard. Like, they're all grouped up together. There's no cover anywhere in the trees. Yep. So you're you're exposed. It's like uh, I went hunting well with you guys in Illinois, and it was mm-hmm. like, dude. There'd be I I'd I'd, ha- I'd be on a group of deer, and then you have to get by four or five does before you know anything would come by and just so tough to, to, yep. to happen, but yep. it's what it is. That's, that's the challenge of late season. And and they're, they're usually that time of year. Like I said, they've been hunted all year. So they're pretty alert to what's going on around them.
0: I've killed some with a rifle, but I've never killed, you know, I've never killed one with a bow. I don't think after Christmas, I think that's about the latest I've ever killed one yeah. close, you know, in close range and bow range.
1: Yeah. That's still late season though.
0: Yeah. oh uh, Yeah. For, yeah, for sure.
1: All right, let's see here. Do you hunt any private land? Yep, I do in yeah. Indiana.
0: Yep, I do here, but it, you might as well be on public.
1: Yeah, your hunt club. Um, you
0: saw it firsthand.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'll hunt private. If especially like in Kansas, we a private because we, you know, we we drove out there during the summertime and worked our tails off trying to find someone that let us hunt, and we. Finally got one guy that told, told us yes out of the 30 people we asked. Knocked on their doors, and 30 is an exaggeration, but we asked a lot of people and got one yes. Um, but here in Indiana, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we watched Harry and the Hendersons, Zeke. Uh, good, it was a good movie. Huck was, uh, he liked it a lot.
0: I don't know what it is, but it seems like every time I go on TikTok, there's a new uh Sasquatch movie oh, really? or you know, sighting here lately. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> I don't know. UFO, Sasquatch, whatever. I don't know. That's
1: your algorithm right now.
0: Yeah. Obviously, I'm looking at pyramids in Antarctica the other day. I found out about that. I'm like, there's a pyramid in Antarctica. So now <laughs> then I started researching it and all of a sudden everything's pyramids in Antarctica.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. A rabbit hole, you get taken down. Yeah. It's
0: uh, story. Yeah.
1: Jacob asked if I could donate some of my beard to young hunters in need. Your beard? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe so. It's not even as good as it used to be.
0: I was gonna say you're a couple months late. That sucker got cut off about a month ago or so.
1: Yeah, Patrick was making fun of it. What, what were yeah. you calling me?
0: I told you you look like a Taliban. Remember oh, the Taliban? Yeah, I remember what it was?
1: It did. no, 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 no. Oh, David, has any, Patrick, any tips for finding bucks down south?
0: Uh, You got to be where they are. If you're from down here, you know that it's like, it seems like all the big deer are on these big private clubs because we have a bunch of clubs down here. I don't know what state you hunt in. I hunt in Tennessee and a little bit Mississippi and uh, Arkansas. And, you know, everybody's got the land pretty tied up. Um, But I know Mississippi's got some big ones uh, on, like I said earlier, Find thick stuff or cut over timber that's way off the beaten path and then also try to get in an area that, you know, has them. I mean, it's like if you don't have them, they're not there. And it's just really, you know, if you hunt down the south, it's it's hard to find them, but you know they're here. Um, I'd say, again, look for WMAs that are archery only and go ahead and just, I mean, if you can shoot a bow, uh, you know, you'd be surprised at how, how good you can do on some places like that.
1: All right, Josh has a question about hill country He said do you tend to see deer down low in the hubs mid level or on military military crest or do you ever or do you find each piece different um yes, all of those man so in the hills like Johnny and, and I, I do this too but I never I never been able to articulate it like Johnny could you know he, he's always talking about what elevation are they using right now he, I got to find where, what elevation are they at? And sometimes they're using the hubs. Maybe maybe it's early season and there's some white oaks down there that they're eating uh, before they go out to crops or whatever. wherever they're going at night. You know, you got to figure out, like, okay, right now, this time of year, they're dropping down low. Um, during the rut, maybe you got some bucks that are cruising military crest like crazy, uh, just trying to cover ground, you know. Um, and then, the, the you know, the tops, you know, maybe this year I, I – uh, I was down in a hub early season, thinking I I went to check a camera and I was going to hunt down there. There's nothing on the camera. I was I thought to myself I'm going to go up over top here and just go look and see what's on the next ridge over. I went up there and there's two bucks up there feeding on a freaking white oak that was dropping up there, uh, up top. So it just depends on the on the um, on the property and, and what how it lays out. Um, it's super hard to tell you like they're always in the hubs. They're always in the military on military crest or. Um, that's just something you gotta you gotta figure out per property, um, Patrick. You probably don't hunt a whole lot of hills, do you?
0: No, I can tell you how to hunt swamps, and um, you know what we have down here in Tennessee. I can tell you all about swamps and how the deer use its sloughs. Like the last guy that was talking, you find big bucks. They're gonna if you find water, a big river water source down here, and I'm sure it's the same in hill country. You know, drainages are always seem like they hold a bunch of game. And uh, my only thing that would probably piggyback that i could even help on is when i have turkey hunted in hill country because I've done a lot of that is that i find a lot of betting on the fingers you know if the yeah. ridge goes out and there's fingers that's where they want to be if you got one with a good north-south or east-west finger or east-west ridge with fingers that you know yeah. that's where they can get the wind duration
1: yeah um oh we got we got a, a fire alarm oh is it um, I thought it had batteries too. He said his are weird and they still have batteries, but he says, Is there a backup battery in it?
0: It's it the, the alarm's not even up there. <laughs> this was so weird. Oh it's, really? It, no, it's just a wire hanging out with this little thing on the end. I don't know. It's it's just and it keeps beeping. I don't even know if that's what it is, but it, I'm pretty sure my wife and I sat there and listened to it with oh, that's it. Now maybe I just need to cut those wires. <laughs> <Still listen. laughs> I can always yeah, like, put it back together. You know? much,
1: uh, maybe the backup battery needs to be replaced and hit the reset button. But. Yeah,
0: no, I took that thing down. Like, I don't know. It started beeping when the battery went out. We took it down. Shows you how much I get on things. Hey, probably everybody, all your listeners, are probably like, damn, there goes that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. used
1: to it until we start talking about it again there.
0: Yeah, I ought to do like a TikTok or a, a YouTube short or something on me fixing that. That's what I <laughs> it probably
1: go viral.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh,
1: let's see here. People are talking about lawn mowing now.
0: Dang, fire away. I'll answer those questions too. They're no, great. they just
1: make a comment. They're not really asking questions.
0: Yeah, it's a great business to get into if you want deer on a lot.
1: Of- uh, oh, man, they're talking about their favorite mowers and every, everything else. <laughs>
0: I run a skag for everybody out there. It's what I yeah. love. Love my skags. I've had a few different ones. I settled on skag.
1: Buck Slayer, I'm not sure what you're asking here. What lens one y'all talked about on last podcast? Maybe elaborate a little bit, man. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, what, what lens for like a, your camera, like those cameras
0: we were talking about? Oh, the one that you're using now.
1: Oh, no. You this said you mind. put a new this lens, mind. right?
0: Do what? Didn't you say you put another lens on your camera? Is yeah, that you
1: no, it, it's not one. I, not, it's not one we talked about. Uh, this is not a good. Uh, this is essentially not a good uh, lens for anything other than this right here or taking pictures. It's just a okay. fix. They called prime lens. It has a really low uh, f-stop on it. That's why, if you can see like how clear I am and how blurry my background is.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks good. For you. Yeah. Uh,
1: jordan's making fun of not making fun of you complimenting uh your your big arms
0: oh, yeah uh, <laughs> these old bingo bingo making <laughs> like old ladies bingo they're on flights for like 30 minutes you used to be yeah. a bodybuilder didn't you yeah yeah i'm gonna start lifting again next week i was telling josh before the podcast I started that carnivore diet i'm on day four it's yeah. been pretty easy feel pretty good i didn't feel good the first two days how
1: big how big did you get at one point in time like in your 20s there when you're really hitting it hard i mean
0: i've always i'm five like in without shoes, five nine and a half so i always tell people five ten uh but five nine and a half and uh the biggest i was was probably 225 at about seven eight percent body fat that's after yeah. show i did that was the biggest i ever got but i mean i used to weigh 240 250 in the you know off season with a lot of fluff on
1: fall legends he is i think this is a question he says new bow and go cheap on accessories like broadheads and arrows or buy like a matthew z7 and spend more on accessories see i feel to buy a older like mentioned bow and buy better accessories
0: Mm, i think I, i i think they're all pretty expensive now um, I'd look for used ones that you could find that come with accessories. And if they don't have them, they don't. I think your accessories are less important. Your arrows, your broadhead are important, and I'd say the bow is pretty dang important. Sight doesn't. I mean, you can get any three pin sight and kill deer with it. You can get any rest and kill deer with it. Um. Yeah, I think I'd look for a used bow if you're trying to save on a budget and find something somebody's getting rid of from one of the bigger companies like Prime or Matthews or Hoyt or something like that. Um, it's it's not like a rifle. You know, you can get a – and they make great guns, but you can get a cheaper like a Savage. But I would still put really good optics on it. Um, you know, and the bullet's not as important as it would be with, like, say, a broadhead, I don't think. Maybe you'll agree, Josh uh, with a gun, as long as it groups good. What do you say?
1: Um, I don't honestly think like if you buy like that Z seven, that's getting pretty old. It's a pretty old bow. Now Mm -hmm. Um, don't get me wrong though. That's that'd be fine. Like you'd be, you'd be fine, but uh, I don't know what the speed or the specs of a Z seven is, but it's, I, 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 my dad, or my dad have one, my cousin or someone had a Z seven. Um, I, I think i i think agree i agree with patrick i i think if you're gonna spend like extra money probably get you some uh, a good set of uh, arrows and, and broadheads um i don't know man it's it's tough like that, i know there's a i think if you buy a bow that's anything less than six or seven years old it's probably just as good as anything. That's made now, you know. As far as mm-hmm. killing a deer, it may feel different or have a different draw cycle or whatever, but I think the the speed of the arrow coming out of that bow is going to be about the same.
0: Yeah, they're all pretty much. I mean, they haven't changed in. I mean, so I shot my biggest deer up until that last one I shot, and I shot him with a PSE Carrera I'd had from nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, and you know I had I bought the bow in ninety eight. And then, you know, a lot of us, we struggle in our 20s trying to find out what we want to do for a living. So I didn't have a lot of money. And that was the only bow I had and could afford because, I mean, they're, you know, you looking at $1,500 then to get set up. Now it's about two grand. And, I mean, I killed three or four really nice deer with it. You know, you just, like I said, got to pick your broadhead. But also there comes a point where, you know... If you can do it, hey, pick up two yards. Go cut two yards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for this summer and make it the extra money to buy your bow if it's, if it's a budget thing. But if it's not, I, I'd spend the money on a bow, arrows, and head for sure.
1: Yeah. I don't know. The, the only thing that I – I don't like to cheap out on a rest. I just feel like if something goes wrong with that rest, that is a pain in the butt for you. But also, like, some guys would prefer buying a – You know, a fifty dollar or seventy dollar whisker biscuit over my ski drop away. So yeah, I don't know. That's tough. I don't think you can go wrong either way, really. I mean, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I guess I'm saying, yeah, as long
0: as you put it where it needs to go every time, that's all that matters. Speed's not speed's not what I used to think it was when I was younger.
1: Yeah, and I also don't know. I don't know what your bow is you have right now either. Fall legends, but that Matthew Z7 would be. I mean, you could kill. I mean, that was the best bow. 10 years ago you know yeah um oh sorry okay then his next was is, is for anybody who wants to start archery
0: um oh, okay so he's new at archery must be yeah
1: okay
0: yeah z7 will be a good entry bow it's they're, they're pretty they were i, I remember those uh that's that was a solo cam right yep
1: yep Real Yeah. Short
0: yeah, that's all Matthew's made until the last probably five or six years and they started making the dual cams. You know, they kind of made a comeback. They was, it was solo cam, solo cam, solo cam forever, and then the dual cam came back. Yeah, I mean, that was like an awesome bow yeah. back huh. when it first came out. So,
1: Veterans Outdoors pretty much said exactly what you just said, buy a cheap bow, yeah. get good arrows and broadheads.
0: Yeah, uh, Man, after season, there's these guys that buy these big expensive bows and then they dump them after season because they think they have to have the newest, greatest thing look for those on go on like a Facebook community or something like that. And just pay attention to like used equipment for sale and you can find some deals.
1: Yeah. Mm. You don't have to do this if you don't want to, but can you tell us your craziest cop story?
0: Uh, okay. so, yeah. So I will say this, so i had a permission to hunt a piece of property inside the city limits i killed some good ones on that property but i had some trespassers so there was one day when i was hunting in a blind with a girlfriend because she wanted to you know i was it was bow only because it was inside city limits and uh you know, i took her out there because she wanted to sit so i just did something easy at blind while i was sitting there no one's supposed to be on this property and i hear boom a gun right behind me scared the mess out of me so I told her, I said, look, you stay put. I'm fixing to go find out what where this was. I knew exactly where it came from. There was a little path that came in off this little road, this uh, four-lane road that was traffic had a lot of traffic on it. And he was parked in there. Well, when I got back there, he was gone. So the next day, I put on my vest, my uh, police jacket. Yeah, I just had, a think, like a pair of jeans on. And then uh, I had my pistol with me and flashlight and everything. And I waited across the street as soon as he pulled in. I pulled in behind him and uh i mean it went well he was real apologetic of course i mean, I had my gun and badge so what What was he gonna say and uh, i never did see him out there again but i had a few people like that and uh crazy stories i don't know if they're youtube safe man i've seen some i saw some messed up stuff in my uh, 10 years as a memphis police officer so you can only imagine
1: yeah i mean memphis is pretty well known for being a Kind of a horrible town now, right?
0: Oh, uh, I I wouldn't even know what to do there now. I'm out gee, if I had a gun, I'd probably be scared to Stay in my car as bad as it is now. Yeah. It's like a war zone in Memphis now, you know, every day. I think they they beat the homicide record from last year when they beat the one from the year before last year and the one from the year before they beat it. They had over four hundred and fifty homicides in Memphis. It's it's a lot. It's bad.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh Wade asked, uh, how thick is too thick for a
0: buck? Mm. he can't get his antlers through there and you know they're edge creatures so they're gonna like to walk the edges and they'll be kind of deeper you know 10 20 yards usually off in the thick but i think uh if they can get their antlers through it twisting and turning and doing everything else man it's there's not a lot of places they can't go don't you think josh yeah i mean
1: um i think it I think if it's super thick, they may bet on like the the beds or the beds. They may bet on the transitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, if they got to get in there, they'll go. They'll go in there. I mean, I, that's been my experience, at least. Um,
0: I mean, if it's too thick for you to get an arrow or a shot through, then it's just out of the question, anyway. Right, sure, sure, sure. So but, as um, long as you can see through it,
1: yeah. I think. I, I mean, it had to be. It had to be a mess. I mean, it had to be you know, pretty bad for them to not, not, uh, go through it. I mean, even think about like cattails and stuff. Now, obviously, you know, they end up just knocking those down. So, I mean, they'll, they'll just bust through if they have to, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like an escape route, right? Like they may not, they may not frequent frequent into a really nasty, like high stem count area, but like if they're betting on that and they're, say they got the wind coming from that thick area over their back and they're watching out into the opening on a transition, like I, I don't, it, it had to be super thick for that deer not to lay right there because um, they, they'll just go through it. I mean,
0: Y'all have a bunch of thickets up there in Indiana, and like briars and stuff like that?
1: We have green briar, but it's not like, I mean, it's thick well, for me. Not like New what New you year. saw down here? No, not really. Not yeah. in the hills. I mean, you yeah. can have private land in some places where they'll have like stuff like that, like layovers and crap like that, but um, not on public land around here, not typically, no.
0: If you're in the south, treetops are always good. I'm sure they are up in the north, too, but, like, treetops where if you've had a lot of trees fall or had a tornado come through, man, those bucks love getting up in those treetops and hiding out with the wind at their back.
1: All right. Faye has a question here. How early from sunrise or sunset do you try to be in the tree based on pressure and based on the time of year? I'm noticing stuff is up and moving earlier in the afternoons in Ohio or in January in Ohio. Hmm. Uh, how early do you get in the mornings? Like when you go hunting in the mornings, how early do you get in there?
0: Man, I don't hardly hunt mornings anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm old, and I'm like, I'm not spent (laughs) so warm. And then you know, we have the little Yorkie. We have, you know, we have Tucker, the little Yorkie that he's always cuddled up next to me. Do I really want to get out there and do this? Um,
1: Now we know why Patrick didn't kill a deer this year.
0: Yeah, well, I saw all mine. I saw all mine in the afternoons, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, the mornings I did hunt this year, I would say. You know, I like to hunt mornings when the rut happens. It can happen at any time. Um, but when I, yeah, when I hunt mornings, I'm usually, I usually get in there around gray light. I don't, I don't really, I'm not a big guy to get in there an hour and a half before daylight to beat them in there. I'd rather try to get in there. Maybe I, I just plan on catching them transitioning from one bed to another or a feeding, going to feeding or something like that. It's kind of what I do. I don't, I'm not a big get in there super early guy.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the more time you can spend like like in the like he asking about the evenings too um, it's not oh, yeah. it's never it's never gonna hurt to get in there a little bit earlier you know
0: oh I mean, if you I'm, get in the, in the evenings I, I mean I'd probably get in there between 12 and one o'clock to sit till dark yeah. you know but I'm a big camera watcher too so I'll really watch my cameras and and you know they kind of you know they shift how they move with whatever they do, I mean, they say the moon doesn't matter and stuff, but, you know, they'll shift if they're moving, you know, sometimes mornings will be really good. And then all of a sudden I think it kind of flip-flops over to where now the afternoons are good and the mornings aren't good. So I, I, I watch my cameras a lot to make my decisions, but that might be another flaw I, I have. But um I get in there probably in the afternoon before one o'clock.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I don't, I don't think you're going to, it's not going to hurt you typically to go in early as long as you're not like Gotten a wind shift or something that's crazy, you know. Um, but in, in the mornings, I, mine is completely dependent on the s- scenario for how early I get in there. Um, a lot of times, if I don't know what I'm doing or if I don't know where I'm going, I'll try to get in at gray light, like Patrick said, just so I can make a good decision on a tree. But like it like in Kansas, for example, we had a spot that um you had to walk through a field to get to it. Uh, and this was during the rut, obviously. And it was good. But if you got in there right before dark, you were going to right before light you were going to bump deer off that field and uh you didn't want to do that so we i got in early i mean i got in like an hour and a half before light you know
0: and at worked. that worked out there like you yeah, weren't because bumping they deer. weren't
1: anywhere close to where you came
0: coming head. back the deer you saw were coming back
1: yeah they're coming back from the fields into this little draw to go down into bed in this thicket
0: so yeah um
1: they were just and in kansas is you gotta, you gotta think about kansas like it's big open prairies a lot of it so they were just be out wherever in the prairies and then um come back into this little draw i I think
0: that's a good point too that if if you have fields close by then you can almost bank on it that those deer are going to be closer to those fields so in it here where i'm hunting it's so thick and you're hunting you really you're not hunting a lot of fields you know we're hunting a river bottom so you're hunting there's food everywhere so it's kind of like if you go in you could bump the deer out of there and you know that's your hunt for the morning yeah. I just rather be really gentle and go in when I can see and I know they're most likely bedded up. Yeah, and I sleep in. Let <laughs> them <laughs> uh, out of state, then I go. That's right,
1: dude. There was one morning in Kansas where I uh, I sat there all morning, didn't see a single deer, which was not, you know, it was kind of weird. Um, and like a lot of guys at eleven, like a lot—that's the time a lot of guys get out, out of their trees eleven o'clock, you know. I didn't see a single deer until eleven thirty, and by and by twelve thirty, I would seen six bucks.
0: You think it's from people pushing them around when they were getting down?
1: No, I think it was just midday movement during the rut. Okay, because this was Kansas during the yeah, you know, during the rut when we were hunting private. So, I mean, I don't think I wouldn't think so. No, I, I think there was like a you know probably a hot doe that was bedding in a in a bedding area I was near, and there's probably bucks that were making the rounds into seer, her, you know,
0: I can't wait to get my tag. I'm excited
1: yeah, whenever I get it. Yeah.
0: A couple more years, probably
1: fall legends. Do you, he asked, do you uh, feel you need to be in a tree or do you ever consider going way back in and just hunting off the ground? I usually just ground hunt if it's way back in and it's during the rut. I like to I be think- in a tree if I can be in a tree, but To each their own. Yeah, fine.
0: I don't. I don't do a lot of ground hunting, but I. I did sit on the ground, you know, with my bow this year and this stuff. I don't do a lot of ground hunting. It's probably first time I sat on the ground in years, and I actually did get on a buck just doing that, just walking in, like what he's talking about, and getting back in the spot I didn't know about, finding what I needed to find, and sitting down on the ground and saw a nice buck. One of the ones that I was kind of hunting, but you know, it was in cut over and I couldn't get a shot at him. So whatever it takes. Yep.
1: Goomer22 asks, how far from a tree will you start to walk quietly?
0: Uh, I've pretty much tried to do it the whole way in if I'm in the woods.
1: Yeah. If you got like a super long walk to where like, let's say you got like a, like you're here in Indiana on in public and you got a, you know, a mile and a half to or a mile to walk on like a horse trail or a hiking trail, you know, I'll just buzz. If I'm on a hiking trail, I'll just buzz down it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd say that last couple hundred yards is when I'm going to try to be real quiet getting into a tree. Um, yeah. So, you know, but if you're hunting 100, 150 yards from a parking lot, you know, you want to just be be quiet. So um, it's all dependent, but I definitely would. If you're within a couple hundred yards of where you want to hunt, you got to try to be quiet. And yeah, like Faye just said, uh, Goomer. It depends like if you're, if you're going through bedding or you just, you're going to be close to deer, you got to be quiet. Sorry. People were we there having to talk about the bows and stuff in the converse in the, um, chats. Hey Buckslayer, ask it here cuz I don't have it up. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, we're at the end of the the questions here. Let me get on this thing. Um on the post here to make sure I don't want to skip over your question, Buckslayer, cuz did add-
0: Buckslayer's Buck OG, man.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's been a long time since the beginning. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. There's quite a few guys on here that's been here forever.
0: Yeah. I don't think there's another show where they have, like, calling Q&As. I think the one that Dan started doing, um, I think they're doing it there, but I think you pretty much started that. That's, that's
1: cool. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, this is a guy I know from around here, Heath Jones. He uh, We grew up when we were little together. Um he says, our, my thoughts on moving in or shortening the gun seasons in Indiana. I would love that, dude. I wish they would shorten it and move it to December.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, we also, we got our, we every year we get like a little uh, survey thing uh, that the state sends out to us to like ask us questions. And one of the questions on there this year was if we were seeing a problem with cell cameras on our public lands in Indiana.
0: Man, they really want to get rid of those cameras for some reason. Um, I don't know.
1: I don't, I don't see them as a problem, except especially here in Indiana. I don't, we don't have like a horrible problem with them. Um, oh, there was another question I forgot. Oh, have I ever found a button buck shed? No, I have not ever found a button buck shed. <laughs> I think they, they leave, they lose them though. They're, they, uh, they'll fall off. I've, I've heard of people, um, finding them
0: boy that'd be tiny man probably be like that yeah you probably think it's a little pebble or a rock or something that'd be hard to find It'd be cool if you found one
1: let's see here i'm trying to find if that if that was on facebook or where that was that he asked that question because i didn't see it on the instagram post buck slayer or the instagram post the uh youtube post yeah uh, anyway if you can uh, ask it here buck slayer i'll get to it then let's see here yeah jim jim says he uh his son found a button buck shed on the shore of a body of water that is
0: uh-huh. <laughs> uh I bet you button butt skull mount would look kind of crazy.
1: I could have had a couple of them. I've killed some button butt <laughs> in my day. I've killed a couple. Have you found any sheds yet? I found one today. I found some old ones
0: mm. this year so far. No, uh, I haven't been out looking yet.
1: Mm-mm. No freshies yet, though, for me, but I've only been out a couple of times.
0: Place I hunt's underwater. So, yeah. Right now. How oh,
1: Are you guys flooded now? Yeah, MJ, MJ outside says uh, plans for hunting Wisconsin again this upcoming season. Probably will probably go up there with Gary and them and hunt again. That's always a good time. As long as I don't, as long as I got time to do it, I think I will though. Um, all right, Buck Slayer. I'll, I'll get to it sometime, man. I don't, I don't see your, Oh wait, let's see here. Oh, here we go. I found it. Sorry. If you haven't got guaranteed permission on private neighboring, mama, I'm sorry, I read that like you're asking us to do something wrong. Okay, let me reread this. If you haven't got guaranteed permission on private neighboring public, what's the closest you'll set up to the fence? That's a (laughs) a tough one, dude.
0: If I got to be there, uh, you know, right there.
1: Yeah.
0: As long as it's legal.
1: Yeah, I mean, you... And, and, and that is it. Like if it's legal, it's fine. Um, you always want to have some type of a game plan or something like that happens though. You know, if you shoot it and it runs over on the neighbors, I it's, it's super tough. If you don't have permission in the manner of, uh, he said no already. Like you cannot go over there. If you kill a deer, you cannot go over there. That may change my outlook on it, but like, you know, I'm not afraid to go call somebody or knock on their door and ask them, hey, man, I just shot a deer. You care if I go over there? But if a guy's if you've already had like a confrontation with this person and he's like, don't step foot on my land or, you know, that, that I I would probably avoid that 30%. scenario
0: yeah i'd I'd probably i'd probably maybe try to make contact with him first just you'd be surprised i hunted a piece of property and or i was turkey hunting on the national forest one time and i shot a bird and it was right on the line of a field in the private and when i shot it he flopped over on the private and the owner came over there because he heard the shot and uh he actually wasn't that mad, you know. He was just like, you know, this is my last Said, yes, sir. I was on this side, you know. I I didn't mean for it to go in the field, but he, you know, he I called him off of his field into the public, which is legal, and shot him. And then he, you know, as soon as he crossed that line, I shot. Him. Probably could have waited a couple minutes. He flopped over. But the guy was really nice, and he actually gave me permission to hunt his property whenever I wanted to. There so you, you never, you never know. I mean, I just, I, I wish I would have. I mean, I didn't really know. It just kind of random. But if I if I could have asked him first, I would have asked him. Yeah.
1: It's tough. Like you know he, if you hunt public land uh, enough, you're going to run into this scenario. It's just a fact <laughs> of deer hunting. Like Gary Buck, he killed, he shot this year in Indiana. He was hunting freaking 250, 300 yards from the property line, but he didn't make a great shot, and that deer ran across the property line. Like it's, it's just going to happen, man. You, it's hard to avoid it. Um, but like I said, I, I think most guys, if you get a hold of them, most property owners, and you tell them the scenario, I don't think they're going to be aggravated now if you're like I said though if you've already had a confrontation with this landowner and they're not good with it like it may not be a great idea you're not doing anything illegal um you just it's just the, the the ethics of however you feel about crossing property lines to get your your deer you know and different people have different opinions on that because you know people some there was people that were just you know unsubscribed to this channel because we did not go trespassing to find that deer um
0: Gary's deer so really oh yeah, yeah. i mean you don't. you can't do the wrong thing if you're gonna i mean you shouldn't do it anyway but especially if you're gonna be a, a public figure in the hunting industry you can't can't do that
1: yeah that's what i think too but some people were you know it's it, like what the comments were if uh if you let property lines stop you from getting a uh, a deer that you shot you shouldn't be deer hunting
0: I like I like fines, fines and game for Stop me! Not this magical line that says that you can't go to make it.
1: I don't think. I mean, it's just that's just how some people feel. I I understand their point. Like it does yeah. suck, and it's it's morally it's hard to to do that.
0: And ninety percent of the time, nobody'll ever know. But it's always you know it's what you do when you're not being watched. Right is exactly. what is it's your character. You know your integrity. Yeah.
1: Mark C. asks, how do you feel about using drones, finding wounded deer?
0: I might buy one this year. (laughs) (laughs) And who said anything about finding just wounded deer? (laughs) No, I I think it's great. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine because, you know, I don't know what it is about wives, but they cannot stand to see you sit around the house when it's deer season, when they're working. Even though you worked and made your money and I still get paid in the winter, yeah. uh, it drives her nuts. And I'm like, <laughs> I, so I, I talked to a friend of mine and he, he, had a, he had a farmer over in Arkansas fly a drone up. And he's like, man, you can see those deer like they're right there. I was like, oh, yeah, man, they're awesome. I, I was like, I'd like to have one. And he says, why don't you do that in the wintertime for a side job, find deer? And I, so I got the bright idea of telling my wife that. She's like, can you not get a real job in the winter, like mortgages or something? I was like, forget it. Just forget it. I thought I was on to something there.
1: Uh, Work on your YouTube channel.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I'd have plenty of content if I went and found deer. That boy that does it's making pretty good. Making the killer. He gave away one yesterday. Gave away a whole drone kit. Jeez to to one of his guy people that subscribe and he's doing pretty good
1: yeah i don't have a problem if you're just using it to uh find deer i think i think it's just a slippery slope you know um but if you're if you're just using it to find people's deer i don't i think any any way you can find a deer that's uh, been shot is a good thing you know
0: what do Um, you think about using one to map properties like let's say you you got a piece of property right and you want to look at it and see where the most deer activity is from you know where they're bedding and where these deer bed just to familiarize yourself do you think that's part i think finding a deer and then going directly in on that deer to hunt him that day and try to kill him that's definitely like there's no sport in that but uh, to me i'm kind of undecided on the the last you know what i said before i don't don't think think they should have anything to do
1: with hunting other than finding a deer
0: yeah you're probably right I mean Almost, I, I, agree.
1: I feel I mean I don't you know whatever you want to do if it's legal and you want to look at a yeah. drone that's fine but I just I mean I like I said I don't have a I don't have one single problem if someone shoots a, a buck and um can't find it and they find it with a drone, I think that's pretty cool. Um but I don't know. It just seems like it'd be hard, it'd be tough, you know, that'd be tough tough
0: thing to it really become a thing this last year. Like I never even heard anybody talk about it. And then I saw that kid that was doing them, I guess year before he started putting out content. I say kid, he's probably in his thirties, but he's a drone deer recovery or whatever. And he does great content, but I saw yeah, him using, cool. that, using that thing and he's in Ohio. And, and uh, I was like, man, I mean, it's impressive what those things can do.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Um, It's definitely a, a hot topic, like a, it's a it's a clickbaity question. Um, I just, it's it's a weird thing to think about. Like, it's it's almost like are we? You know, we're we're not at war with these things. You know, we don't have You know, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> like drone strikes.
1: Yeah, this isn't Al Qaeda. Like, we're not. Yeah, doing, like, the, it, the know, president
0: it, authorized it, drone strikes on a several yeah. one eighty bucks yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> uh. That's where, like, I think it's okay right now, but I think that you just got to make sure that the uh, the lines don't start getting uh, crossed, you know, which it seems like for the most part, states are staying on top of it. Like, I think they make, you know, it's pretty clear what's legal and not legal, but.
0: I you cannot imagine. use them on, on public. I mean, I know you cannot fly every public that you've looked at when I was in uh, Illinois this last year, a guy told me, he was like, man, I hunted out here with, and there was a guy that for like eight years he killed a booner. Every every year, um, he'd sneak up on it and shoot it. Wear a ghillie suit, sneak up on it, shoot it. And he was, I think it was during the shotgun season up there, and that's what he was doing. He's using a drone, and he'd fly it over, and he'd find him out in the field. He'd look for those white antlers out in that CRP up there where we hunted. Yeah, and then just sneak in on it, boom, shoot it until he got in trouble. Okay, okay. Yeah, he took his drone, took his deer, took his license. Yep, yeah. it's illegal.
1: Whoops, that's the wrong button. Buck Slayer, has a second part of the question. He said, do you shoot with, uh, when you shoot a deer with a bow, do you generally go back to where they came from or towards bedding? I'm going to think about my deer here that I've killed this year. I can think about the ones I killed this year. One of them went back to where they came from. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this year is not the greatest year to think about it because both of my deer died within, uh, bow range of me, but uh, last year, the one I shot in Wisconsin did not go back to where it came from. It it went the opposite way, uh, towards a road, actually. Um, My Ohio buck did not go back to where it came from, and Indiana buck did go back to where it came from.
0: I think does tend to turn around and go back, and I think bucks tend to go straight forward. That's been my experience. When I I think about the ones that I've killed bow hunting, uh, now with a rifle, with a rifle it seems like they always go back to where they came from because I think it's the loud boom. I think they they hear that and it makes them go away from it, but with a bow, in my, my experience, they usually just jump, kick, and go straight as fast as they can. Yeah.
1: How do you hunt fronts?
0: Um, I like to hunt the day before and um, if it comes in maybe the afternoon after, I don't like the morning after and usually don't see my best activity till the second afternoon after a front's pushed through that's what i'm having before it seems like there's a lot of movement before front you can almost time it yeah. And and it seems like that's enough feeding and stuff that they kind of lay down that first day
1: yep i would agree with that we've been on here for an hour and a half man it's been fun yeah it's a good good show it's fun to yeah the chat, we could have, me and you could have just talked for an hour and a half, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, like always, we just talk forever about everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: when you get on here when it gets closer to turkey season, hopefully a lot of your viewers turkey hunt too, and we can, we can oh, help, yeah. we can talk about that stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go down to Patrick's and turkey hunt this year. I got turkey tags for uh, Tennessee, so
0: Yep. I plan on coming up there to you and turkey trying hunt to, to hunt too. with you and Maddie something that'll be fun.
1: Yep. maybe teach us something,
0: maybe meet in the middle and can and uh. Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. Hunt there, go to Ohio or something, man. I I go wherever for turkeys. Oh yeah. I was looking at um. uh Have you seen these people that build out their trunk their truck campers on YouTube? Have you seen that?
1: Yeah, I've seen I've seen some of that stuff. Yeah.
0: I watched a day today, man. I keep getting you know I'm sitting around this month with the snow and everything and not being able to go out and work. Uh, I've been watching YouTube videos like crazy and just, man, this guy built a whole kitchen that like slid out of the back. It was awesome. I'm like, yeah. I gotta do that. I gotta do that.
1: <laughs> it's always a good idea until you get into it. You're like, golly, this is a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm thinking about buying a camper for my truck and putting a rooftop tent on it, on the yeah. camper and then building the camper out. So I have like a place to sleep downstairs and upstairs, you know, kind of, you know, I don't know. what. Yeah. Yeah. Can't afford that Sprinter van that you and me were talking about. Yeah, I
1: know, right? That'd be ideal, man. A four-wheel yeah. drive Sprinter van.
0: Yeah, that'd be so fun.
1: Um, all right, guys. Before you leave, hit the subscribe button. Maybe you'll win you a bow or broadheads or something in the giveaway here next week. And if I see you guys, I'll be in PA Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'll be at the Harrisburg Show oh. in the Osseo booth. Um,
0: you gonna do a you gonna do a show with any of them with Joe and Rendell while you're up there oh
1: yeah I'm gonna definitely try to do some shows while I'm up there though there should be a bunch of people up there so hopefully get a few podcasts in while while we're there
0: I um, wish I could have gone over there and seen them when they were over in Arkansas it's a big buck classic I didn't know Joe was gonna be there too and I saw his picture and I was like dang I should have gone over there I got wrapped <laughs> up doing honey honey got me man Honeydews, oh, yeah.
1: got yeah yeah I'm gonna be busy the next uh month with these with going around the shows and stuff. So um and then in March I got two in March too, but
0: uh is, is it with Osio or is it yeah.
1: Is it, oh cool. Yeah, all with Osio. Yep. Nice. So all right everybody, thanks for hopping on. And see you guys see you later. Bye.